0: Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama Rama, Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. I bow to the Lord in you. I bow to him in my Guru. I bow to him everywhere. It is my joy to be on these programs and to talk about my teaching, the teachings of my Guru Which, apart from being so full of inspiration, so full of joy and love, are also so practical. He was so down-to-earth, and uh, it just was commonsensical. I'd like to read you one example of that. It was in in Conversations with Yogananda, and uh, it's conversation number 123, a very short one. One of the monks said to the master, Sir, would you bless me that when I meditate I be able to sit in the lotus pose? I've tried and tried, but just can't seem to get it. Do not be concerned over such little things, the master responded. Ask God for his love. That is much more important. I remember when I was new at Mount Washington, the Washington, um, some of the monks were enthusiastic over what was called the grape cure. And they said, it'll purify your system. It'll be wonderful. And uh, Master saw me after I'd been doing this two or three days. And he said, don't worry about that. Worry about purity of the heart. That's what counts, not purity of the body. It would certainly be uh, a nice thing, is a nice thing to sit in Padmasana. If you can help it, it's very good. The lotus pose or Siddhasana, the perfect pose, even... Vajrasana, one of the yoga postures. But you know, my guru also gave us uh, the teaching because our Western knees are always, we've grown up with other habits of sitting. And whereas as a child, I used to sit on the floor with my legs out, I couldn't begin to do that as an adult. So he said that it's perfectly all right to sit in a chair with your feet flat on the floor, your legs straight, sit upright, away from the back of the chair with your hands on the thighs at the junction of the abdomen. Draw the shoulder blades a little bit together. Keep the chin parallel with the ground. The important thing is to keep the spine straight and the body relaxed. Now, there's still it's still advantageous to be in one of the yoga postures, especially Padmasana, because in deep meditation you, you may lose your Uh, physical contact with your body and fall over or something but that's okay if you can do it but in the meanwhile the much more important thing is uh, is to keep your body relaxed and have devotion to God never forget what the path is all about I met a Hatha yogi who had a disciple who had learned to perfection all the postures, and he said, now he's ready to advance spiritually. But he didn't have any devotion. That's much more important. People who are cripples, can they not find God? Of course they can find God. Still, Master also said, a straight spine is the enemy of realization. If you can keep your spine straight, otherwise, you can keep it straight in the astral body. Nonetheless, try what you can, but be sensible also. Same thing with diet. You find that because diet, posture, these outward things are so much easier to to uh, get under control, that so much of spiritual discipline is only physical, and that's not going to give you God. In the, in the uh, uh, people who fast too much, for example, they tend in the fasting to... Weaken in their bodies. Well, you've got to have a strong body. Be exercised and keep body fit for God-realization. This is what my guru wrote to me. He said uh, when I was working on editing some of his writings, he sent me a note saying keep exercise and body fit for, for God-realization and by that he was saying also run a little bit every day or go jogging or whatever. Keep the body exercised. You can't Treat the body as though it were merely maya. As long as you're living in this level of maya, you've got to deal with its realities. The same thing is true for earning what you need to do. Don't wait for for, uh, other people to do it for you. I know that as a sannyasi, I simply don't have any attachment to money. But if people tell me that I can't do something for God because they don't have the money to fund, I'll find ways of funding it myself. And uh, I, I know it was a very interesting experience for me because the first money, I've said this before in this program, to be successful you need people. But to attract people you have to be successful. It's a sort of a vicious circle. So I had to give classes. And I was very careful not to charge too much because I wanted everybody to be able to benefit from. I didn't want to be like some spiritual teachers who charge thousands of dollars. No, it was a very small amount, and I figured that I would make up for it by having many students. And by the time I moved to our village and began to really begin Ananda, I had about 300 students a week. And those people who couldn't afford, even though I very much needed money and I was doing it for God and doing it for a spiritual thing, even so, people who said they didn't have the money, I would say, all right, come do something. I don't think that you should do anything for free, but they could make cookies or they could help set up chairs before a class or some little thing like that because I felt I, I owed it to my own conscience, whether they were... Truthful in saying they couldn't afford it was not my business. I had to owe it to my conscience. I did owe it to my conscience to be generous. And uh, in fact, in every case, I learned that they could have afforded it easily. One woman said she wouldn't be at the next next class because she was visiting her parents in New York. That means flying something like 3,000 miles. I said, well, you do have money to fly. He said, oh, yes, I have money for... Things that I consider ima- meaningful and important. Well, I just swallowed this insult. I didn't say anything. It's her business. I didn't do it for her. I did it for myself. But I still find that it was, it, was, it was a difficult period for me because I never wanted money. Honestly, I, in college, would even make it a point not to sit at the same table in the dining room with business majors. I just didn't want to think about that may seem pretty extreme, but uh, here Divine Mother put me in a position of having to earn the money to make this position, this community possible so that people would be able to live there. And in the beginning I had to earn just about all of it myself. But once people saw that we had something going, once people saw that uh, it was being successful, then they began flocking and Then, of course, many people donated, and we've been able to build a large place. In fact, we have seven large communities, and a 1,000 people live in them, and uh, we have beautiful buildings. This this, uh, scene behind me, which may, and I hope does, look like a window onto a garden, is, in fact, a photograph. And I took this photograph at my home in uh, Ananda Village in California a beautiful piece of land, and uh, I think it's the most beautiful piece of land I've ever seen as far as home and land, garden go. But again, um, this money came after my parents died, and my father had always, he'd never given one paisa, one cent to Ananda, so I thought, well, he'll suffer if I give all this money to Ananda, but I will suffer if I don't. So I thought, well let me have a compromise, I'll build myself a beautiful place that everybody can enjoy. And so now it's the spiritual center of our community and in fact it's not only beautiful but it has wonderful vibrations. There's some woman who came there said that she's gone around all the great cathedrals in Europe and measured their vibrations in some way that is, uh, I don't know. But she said the highest vibration she ever found in a pilgrimage place was uh, 20, 28,000 vibrations per second, whatever that means. She said, though, that my our house, my uh, crystal hermitage, as I've called it, it was 35,000. So it does. It's a wonderful place. Many people have felt its high vibrations. And its beauty, in fact, even in itself, has it's converted people. But all of this, I, you have to do it in order for people to get behind it. And once people get behind it, well, now we have seven communities and I very much hope we can start something here in India. I think that what is needed more than anything else is for sadhaks to have the company of others. The shastras say this again and again, the most important thing is satsang, good company. When you have people who are on the path sharing that path with you, then you, uh, you get the strength from them. And by a sort of a mutual exchange of spiritual vibrations, all of them grow. This is the important thing that we keep our feet on the ground, but always for right motives. Some people earn money and it's all theirs. I don't consider anything mine. I've given all of it away. And uh, yet, I can enjoy it all. Keep your feet on the ground, but your heart in heaven. This is the ideal. So the same thing with diet, be reasonable. There's a story I'm going to read later on about how Master told us that uh, the diet that you have, it doesn't matter too much what it is, as long as it's balanced. Vegetarian diet is best. But be reasonable. I'll tell you a story in uh, a day or two on that subject. It's very important to remember that the the common sense be applied to the spiritual path. I've met too many people on the spiritual path, they're all up here in the clouds. God isn't pleased with that. God had to be very real to make this universe happen. I have seen that real devotees are not airy-fairy kind of people as I've heard people use the expression in America, they're people who try to do what is needed, whatever is needed, and then do it for God. I don't believe for one moment that what is needed is to go against dharma. It may look sometimes as if you need to. I don't believe it. I have seen in my own experience that when I, and I always have, Tried to do what was right. You know what I found at the end of that period? Yes, I had gotten all the money I needed to build our buildings, to start a retreat, to get people coming. took a lot of work. And I did, I have to admit, I'm sorry to say, I kind of resented it that Divine Mother put me in that position of having to think about money when I didn't want money. But I found at the end of it that my real gain was not money. It was strength. I had done what I had to do. I had done it for God. I felt much more joyful and much stronger in myself as a consequence. We had many tests to pass. There were times when it looked as if everything was going to be snatched out from under me. And I still kept at it, always keeping to my principle that if they want it and can't afford it, I will give it not charging too much, charging what they could afford, but letting them know that it would go toward a divine work. You can do this in the world. I know you probably have a family to support. You have other demands than just doing a work for God. That's quite understandable, and it's quite right. There is no work that is more spiritual or less so than any other. It's all for God. It's just that he helps us to see that it's for him when it's consciously for him. But you can, anything you do, just say, God, I'm. this is your family I'm supporting. This is your home. Never think I and mine. That very thought creates bondage. Think of everything that you own as really his. What I have seen again and again in my life, that is that God does come through when you need it. Sometimes he comes through when you need it in great ways. After all, a million dollars and a penny, what's the difference in his eyes? He is that anyway. There was one man that our talked about. Put a hundred dollars in the collection plate on Sunday and was very miffed with God because he didn't answer his prayers. Well, God was already that hundred dollars. It's not a question of how much you give him. But the other side of that was there was a Bengali devotee living there and he told me quite proudly one day that, that uh, I wanted to put money in the collection plate. Then I remembered that I wanted a milkshake afterwards. I thought, well, first of all, how much I put in doesn't much matter, so I don't have to put much in, I'll put in 15 cents. Then it occurred to him, yeah, but I could use that 15 cents for a milkshake. So he told me quite proudly, therefore, I decided only to give my blessings. Well, okay, but mind you, God does watch the heart. God God gives to you according to as you give to him. This is a simple law. If you want freedom, this is a song that I have written. If you're seeking freedom in a revolution, you won't find it there. After the revolution ends, you find everything bumps along as before. There's no great difference. The French had their great revolution. (laughs) Things didn't get any better, maybe they got worse. But maybe one thing is better, other things get worse. You can't find it that way. So, do you think you'll find freedom from riches? Do you think you'll find freedom in having a large bank account and a beautiful home? No, you can get cancer and die in a few weeks. No amount of money will save you. One time, as I, I mentioned this before, That uh, somebody told Master, I cheated St. Peter three times with carriages. And Master said you could bathe in it. And when St. Peter wants you, he'll take you. This life is not secure, and you can't buy security. You will have security if you have his love. Somehow he will always help you out. I was driving on the highway many years ago in America, and I saw an older man. With a suitcase on the highway. So I thought, well, let me help him. And he told me that he he had uh, left his job. He was going back home. And he didn't ask for money, but I felt sorry for him. So I gave him some. And he said to me, I'll be sure you get this back because I don't want you to lose faith in human nature. I said to him, listen, if I'd had faith in human nature, I'd have lost it long ago. I'm not giving it to you. I'm giving it to God. I know it'll come back. In fact, he never gave it back didn't matter. It came back in other ways. So if you're seeking freedom on a throne of power, you won't find it there. Cast away desires. That's the way to find freedom. That's what this song is, song is about. Joy to you. If you're seeking freedom in a rabble Seeking freedom, you won't find it there. For once the guns stop blazing, you'll find it amazing how the world can drag on just as before. If you're seeking freedom, In a marble mansion Oh, if you're seeking freedom You won't find it there For even when it's sunny You'll be counting money Keeping up that showcase Your face lined with care you're seeking freedom on a throne of power. Oh, if you're seeking freedom, you won't find it there. For though men all obey you, what if they betray you? Tense you'll be and waiting for foes everywhere. But if you're seeking freedom, cast away desires. Why barter like a beggar, you've wealth everywhere. For never can you buy it, grasp and you deny it. Freedom can't be hoarded, it's free as the air. If you're seeking freedom, seek it on the mountains God's sunlight on your shoulders, the wind in your hair. For there's no one can hold you, boss about or mold you Once your heart is free, you'll be king everywhere Once your heart is free, you'll be king everywhere